0: And be refreshed here on Every Heart, Every Woman. Mm-hmm.
1: Every Heart, Every Woman.
0: Get ready for uplifting music and inspiring interviews. Mm-hmm. Every Heart, Every Woman. Let's get motivated to move forward as we share our life experiences. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the show, everyone. My name is Carla Nivens. I am your host for the Every Heart, Every Woman radio show. Our show is a program of Love Ministries, which is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. You can find out all of the great information about Love Ministries as you go to their website. Go to loveministriesbills.com. Org. Also check out my website. Go to CarlaNivens.com. Carla is spelled K-A-R-L-A, and Nivens is N-I-V-E-N-S. Before we jump into our interview, we're going to set the tone like we always do with some worship music. This is True Worship. It is from my CD, True Worship. Sit back and enjoy. we are so excited to welcome for the second time to the Every Heart, Every Woman radio show, Reverend Benita Weathers. Reverend Benita Weathers is the owner and CEO of BL Weathers LLC, a multifaceted consulting business that aids the client in discovering what becomes you. She is an ordained preacher, author of Living the Word Beyond Sunday Morning, Practical Ways to Live God's Word and Make an Impact for God's Kingdom Bible Study Guide and Self Workbook a teacher a certified life coach a podcaster and editor she has been a featured speaker at workshop uh, workshop, trainings, conferences, and worship services. Reverend Weathers has written her new project from her experience, The Scream Within. Her newest book is set to be released in June 2021. Reverend Weathers, welcome back, and thank you so much for joining our show again. Yes, it's such a pleasure to be back
2: with you guys. Um, I had such a fun time the last time, so I'm really looking forward to to this go around, I feel like an old
0: friend. That's right. You are an old friend. And um in between our two meetings here on the Every Heart, Every Woman radio show, I was a guest on your, your podcast as yes. well. So how's your podcast going? Tell us all about it. Tell us how to um how to how to download it. Yeah, sure. It's, it's
2: anywhere you can get your podcast. It's called the Living the Word Beyond Sunday Morning, the podcast. And I deal with lots of different topics um, on the podcast. I um, The season that you were on was dealing with the Living the Word through social action and social justice. And it was, of course, when all of the civil um, unrest was happening in the country and around the world, actually. Um, and so we'd like to try to deal with issues that are, that are current, um, as well as other issues. So the season that I'm on now, um, is living the word through physical challenges. And I'm talking with guests who, um, have, were born with physical, some, some call them disabilities. Um, one of my guests refers to, to it as a difference ability, which I like that. Um, so it, it was, um, So we're dealing with um, living the word through physical challenges, and now we're actually pivoting and transitioning that into living the word through mental challenges. And so Mm -hmm. starting to talk more about living the word through mental health, which is um, something that is near and dear to my my heart uh, because I feel like in the faith community, it's something that we need to um, be more open about, that we need to talk about more and that people might need to um, think about in, engaging uh, and thinking about their physical health and being more inten- i mean their mental health and being more intentional about that
0: yeah I agree with you i 'm in in this season of life i think i 'm finding especially since i i 've gone through this huge transition in uh, my work life and now in my personal life i 'm finding that the things that we don 't talk about or that we refuse to talk about, especially in um, at church and when it comes to our faith those things that we just I mean you've used this they are the elephant in the room and we don't talk about them well they're creating a gulf between us. So if we aren't talking about um, the issues that are going on in culture, if we aren't talking about race and sharing, these things that are going on that we're keeping bottled up in our hearts. If we aren't talking about our mental state, um, our our state of peace, and the things that are keeping us from peace, especially right now um, with COVID and how the world has changed and how we're trying to get back to some kind of normal for some people, you know, whatever the new normal is, these things are keeping us apart and they're keeping us from true relationship um, with each other. And, um, I'm finding as, and and, and I want to get your opinion on this is especially with the, the race issues. Um, I'm finding that the scripture really has been telling us all of this time, but now I feel like we're keying into it a little bit more. Um, it's, it's telling us how God created us with unity in mind and He created us with all of these differences. So um, even with our mental state, I may think differently. Um, my personality is different, you know and 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 the way I need to receive information is going to be different from how someone else needs to receive information. My hot buttons are going to be different from somebody else's. And if we aren't discussing this, then we aren't, um, there's this disunity in the body of Christ and we really aren't linking arms to uh, make sure that we're spreading the message far and wide about um, the love of Jesus Christ because there's things that are standing there in between us that we refuse to to discuss.
2: Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I mean, I think that unfortunately in the body of Christ um, and given that we are, we are human. I think a lot of times we like to give into um, this the, the crutch of being human. Mm-hmm. Um, we like to use as the, as an excuse. Well, I'm only human, so that that excuses all the all the mess that I do. Um, but that's not really true. You know, we're not only human. We are the only beings in which God blew His own breath.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, we are we are the only beings made in the image of God. And so that tells us that we are not only human um, and therefore we ought to strive for, no, we're not going to be perfect. We should be striving um, to, to, to live um, a a better, a better life. And I think the other thing is that we have to sort of get rid of this notion that we have to be right. Mm. We worship in different ways. Um, We, we do things um, differently, but what is the, what is the main focus? The main focus is that Christ died for all of us. Right. Um, G- Christ thought all of us worthy, worthy. of his love and of mm-hmm. his sacrifice. And he thinks so much of the, of the, of the body of Christ that he's coming back for us. Mm-hmm. That's the message. Um, and so a lot of times we lose sight of the message and all the other weeds of doctrine and styles of worship. Well, worship is worship Um, and should be occurring all the time, not just on Sunday, which is Mm -hmm. the point of living the word beyond Sunday morning. (laughs) Yes. Um, Yes, And so I'm not sure what it will take to get us as the body of Christ really on track of living like Christ, really looking at Christ's example and following it and recognizing that you know, the biblical disciples are gone, but we are here and we are disciples today. And so we have the responsibility of showing Christ, of, of, of having Christ show up in us as we show up in the world. We can't do that if we're hateful. Well, we can't do that if we're not willing to listen to one another and hear each other. We're not. We can't do that if we're not willing to see each other. And so that's something that Jesus taught us all the time. It didn't matter if the, the woman was, was a Samaritan. It didn't matter um, if the woman at the well had five husbands. Like that wasn't the, the point. He he allowed her to understand that he knew who she was and that yes. he saw her. Yes. And at the same time, he introduced himself to her and through her, others were introduced to him. So um, I think we just have to, as as the body of Christ, get back, um, focus on, on on the main thing. Like, keep the main thing the main thing, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which is great stuff for us. He got yeah. up, and he's coming back, you know? Yes,
0: yes. That's, you know, Reverend Weathers, that's why I like having you on the show. There are a couple of um, guests and friends of mine that I, you know, I get giddy and excited to have you know, again and again, and it's because of the depth of knowledge and the way, um, the the way you present the word of God. I feel like it's easier for or easy for people to to grab and hold and and to understand. Because we always say, you know, that Christ died um, for us and for our sins. But yes, he. I mean, he is coming back for us. Like we really are his treasured people, and um, if we can get that and get that love is the basis for this message of Jesus Christ. And so instead of saying you need to separate because you have this element, and you need to separate because you have this physical challenge and you need to separate because your skin is this color and you need to separate because you, you know, think like this and, you know, it's different from me. Um, the, the, that's, that's truly not How Christ designed for us to be. He designed for us to look upon each other and understand that this person is different, but they have some. They they've they've got these this unique gift and unique um, grace that I need in my life. And if I can learn from them and, you know, and, and, and join with them, then we can really be something, you know, Absolutely. we can, and, 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 what we can be is messages, messengers um, for Jesus Christ. So I, I love that. Thank, Absolutely. thank you for, yeah. I
2: think also that God's grace abounds right it, it's sufficient for all of us and I think that sometimes we don't like it we don't like to see God's grace abound for people that we don't like mm. we don't like to see God's grace abound for people who did us wrong mm-hmm. but yet it does yes um so we 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 have some I, I really like for people to um, understand that as you're engaging in the world and as you're engaging with other people, most important thing to do is engage in you. Mm-hmm. So before pointing the finger at somebody else in, in what they're doing, you, you have to pull the log out your own eye. Yes. You Have to do, you have to start there. You have to start with what, in what spirit am I operating in this moment? Mm-hmm. Um, before you even lash out at what somebody else is doing or, or not doing, what, what am I doing? Who am I truly representing in this moment? And when we start to really do that introspection, which is really hard to do, and we start to understand that yeah, we have some flaws too, um it's a little bit easier then to 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 engage in dialogue and to engage in honest conversation with others who might not think the same way that we do or look the way that we do or pray the way that we do or
0: right.
2: a myriad of things that yes. <laughs> they do differently yes. than we do
0: yes yeah i i love that yeah i love that i think also that's the hardest thing about marriage um i said this often on <laughs> On the show, it's the hardest thing about marriage because you know when when things are rough, um, we want to point the finger, and we're good at that. This person is so close to us, and we know all of this person's weaknesses. We want to point the finger, and a lot of times, I have found that when you go to the Lord in prayer, to point the finger, whether it's at, it can be at your employer, it can be at your spouse, it can be at someone who's done you wrong. The Holy Spirit will, the first thing, the first message the Holy Spirit gives you is going to be about you. Um, because the Holy Spirit is also caring for that person in a very unique way. And the Holy Spirit is doing his job with that person perfectly. And um, when you come to the Lord in prayer, was you know saying, "Listen, this person such 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 and such." He's like, "Okay, you know, remember yesterday I told you to operate in peace. How did you do with that? Okay, you didn't. So listen." <laughs>
2: <laughs> so much easier to do that. Yes. Than to do
0: that. <laughs> Let's talk about you. Okay, so all of that is just the intro. That had nothing to do with what we were supposed to be talking about. So let's get... That's good, though. It's good. That was the intro to everybody. That was for free. <laughs> let's talk about your book, The Scream Within. Tell us, um, and I'm very excited about it. Um, I, You sent me a preview and I got to, um, to look over it. And I mean, I really feel like this is a huge blessing for the body of Christ. So number one, congratulations for um, getting this, this, this work out of yourself and, and into book form, but tell us kind of the premise behind the scream within. So the premise behind
2: the book is that my husband and I, um, we next Thursday, which is May 27th, <laughs> we will be celebrating 26 years, um, in marriage. Congratulations. When that, our first year, our first few years of marriage, I realized that my my husband was really going through a lot internally and I didn't always understand what that was. And he didn't either. He didn't really realize that he was suffering from depression until actually about maybe 10 years into our marriage. Um, And so, you know, there were times where he would just, his mood would just change And I sort of internalized that thinking that it was my fault because at that time, I'm sort of trying to figure out what it means to be a good wife, trying to be that. I'm not really sure what that looks like, but I'm trying to be it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, And then, you know, not too long after that, we had our first child. and, um, And then, so I'm trying to figure out, how to be a mom. So I'm trying to figure all of these things out. I'm trying to get my my career going in public health. Um, there's just a lot going on. And rather than really talk about, express things that I was going through or talk about it, I really suppressed a lot. Um, and so that's sort of the notion of, this, of the scream within, um, because I felt like I really didn't have anybody to talk to. And then when we got to a place of, I think about five years into our marriage, he is when he started pastoring. So you really don't talk about mental health, you know, when you're a pastor. Um, and so, you know, there there were times that he would sort of talk to me about different things, think different traumas that happened um in his childhood, things that just really um wounded him. And I was there to listen to it all, but not being a trained therapist, I didn't know really what to do with it. All I could do was kind of listen and be there, um, be there for him. And at some point I said to him, you know, you, you might need to really think about seeing a therapist at that time. It was kind of like, yeah, no, I'm not, (laughs) you know, um, in in the African-American community in general it's kind of like, listen, you know, tell everybody your business. And, um, and then he was a past, a new pastor at the time, and he didn't want to do anything that would bring embarrassment to the church or bring embarrassment to our family. Mm -hmm. So there was this stigma attached to, um, seeking therapy. Mm -hmm. And so fast forward, 10 years later, um, he decided, you know, he finally, and, and we had transitioned, we had moved, we were, we started out in North Carolina and we had transitioned. So we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit.
0: Well, no, we, we, we have a little time, so keep, keep going.
2: Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Um, so yeah, so we transitioned from North Carolina, um, back up, up North, um, where we're, yeah, I'm from Baltimore originally, he's from Chester, Pennsylvania, which is just outside of Philadelphia. Um, so we moved to, he started pastoring a church in Philadelphia. We wanted to get closer to our family so that our children could see their grandparents more, see their family a little bit more. So, um, it was, we had been here for a couple of years before he decided to then, transition and go ahead and, and seek therapy. Um, but the thing about that is, you know, when you're the spouse of a pastor, pastors have a lot on their shoulders. They're going, you know, they go through a lot of different things. Um, and so a lot of times they talk to their spouses, but then where do their spouses go? Right. And so that's really the premise of the book.
0: Yeah. I, I love that. I mean, I, I just, I can't wait. I know we're about to have to go to break, but when we get back from break, we're going to dive into this. I The first thing that comes to mind is The Scream Within. Where did, where did you get the, the um, where did you come up with The Scream Within? Is that a, a, a quick answer? I'm not, I just think Honestly, it's a, it's a I, really I, good title.
2: I, I prayed, I prayed about it. Um, I have to
0: really touch. I can, I'll dive in. Let me dive into it. OK. OK. Uh, yeah, I, I, I really think that that's a great title. Um, and obviously, I think that this is a subject that the body of Christ really needs to, to dive into on different levels. And I feel like you have done that. Um, you've talked about talked about it on different levels in your book. So um, when we get back from break, we'll, we'll be back with Reverend Benita Weathers. Every Heart, Every Woman, the show where women find balance, peace, and inspiration. Now let's get back to the show with your host, Carla Nivens. Welcome back, everyone. My name is Carla Nivens. I am your host for the Every Heart, Every Woman radio show. Our show is a program of Love Ministries, which is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. You can find out all of the great information about Love Ministries as you go to their website, go to Love Ministries Builds. Org. You can also check out my website, CarlaNivens.com. Carla is spelled with a K. Nivens is N-I-V-E-N-S. We are having a great conversation with um, our friend, Reverend Benita Weathers. I want to give you Reverend Weathers' um, contact on Facebook. She's at Rev Benita Weathers on Instagram at Benita underscore Weathers on Twitter, at Benita Weathers, and her website is BenitaWeathers.com. Benita is B-E-N-I-T-A, Weathers is W-E-A-T-H-E-R-S. So Reverend Weathers, thank you so much for being here again. Last time you were here, you were talking about your your work, Living the Word Beyond Sunday Morning, Practical Ways to Live God's Word and Make an Impact for God's Kingdom. Um, It's the Bible Study Guide and a a self-workbook. Today, you are talking about your upcoming book set to release in June 2021. It's called The Scream Within, and when we left for break, there were so many things that were coming to my mind that I was trying to ask. So I want to re-ask you first: Where, how did you come up with the name "The Scream Within"?
2: So, for people who um, are caregivers, spouses, friends, siblings of people who deal with depression, one of the things that you want to make sure that you don't do is to not do something that you think is going to put somebody into a depression. Mm. So for me anyway, um, one of the things that I did was to sort of just not really talk about it. Mm -hmm. Um, Not really talk about how some of it affected me and um, just kind of Kind of go along, get along, and, and everything is, is is okay. But what was happening is that I was just building um, inner inner turmoil for my own self, um, which you'll read about in the book. Um, you know, I, I I just got to a place where it was just like um, an, an implosion in a way, and so. I also am the kind of person even before before marriage I've always been a pretty happy happy go lucky type um I don't really you know go through a lot of depression and things like that um but I I also I don't know for whatever reason felt felt the need to I don't know present a certain way mm-hmm. present to others um cuz I don't want other people to t- I don't want to bother other people. And so I might try to present myself in a way that I'm always, just always happy. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And so there are so many times that I'm not happy. You know, there are so many times that I just, I I put on this mask for, for everybody else, but internally I'm screaming Mm -hmm. because I don't have that outlet. Um, And so, or, or at least I felt like I didn't have that outlet before. And so that, that's really where where the title comes from because that's exactly how I felt like I was screaming within um, and not having um, an opportunity. Not that I didn't have an opportunity, I just didn't take the opportunity to get that scream out. Mm-hmm. And so um and so what I hope that the book does for not only people in the, in the Christian faith, but in, in, because I think that this is an issue for different faiths as well, um, that uh, think of mental health um, issues as as something that's taboo or, you know, Oh, you just need to pray about it. Just get over it. And that's really not the case. Um, And so I'm really hoping that it inspires this kind of dialogue not only in the Christian faith community, but in, in other faith communities and other groups of people who have that same sort of stigma associated, so that the scream within, and I I this is my one of my favorite quotes from the book that you know, so that the scream within becomes a scream without, without condemnation, without fear, without ridicule. Um, and so that people can start to
0: heal. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I and you know. I want to talk about um, some other quotes that you have in the book. Actually, you are citing um, works because, and this is specifically talking about depression among clergy. I mean, whoever, ever talks about depression among clergy. I'm surprised you were able to find you know, data on it, because I'm trying to think, has anybody, you know, who, who discusses this? But in your book, you cite Duke today, and it says many pastors who often do quite a bit feel guilty that they're not doing enough. And then another study cited four essential ministry stressors, including personal criticism, boundary, ambiguity, presumptive expectations, and family criticism on top of clergy feeling the pressure of having been called by God to do what they do, they also must endure the pressure of perceptions of the people whom they serve, and that they are holy people without weaknesses. I say that in quotes, holy mm-hmm. people without weaknesses. Yeah. So, and that's that's a complete myth. I think that most, most people probably feel like pastors are invincible and they probably have this romanticized um, idea of what it feels like to be a pastor. And there's no room for pastors to be people, right? Right.
2: Absolutely. Um, and that, you know, that, that is an issue where people sort of put pastors on this pedestal. And they have these expectations. It's not only of pastors; it's of as as a PK as a pastor's Mm -hmm. child. It is Mm -hmm. also of pastors' children. It is also of pastors' spouses. There's this image that um, people expect us to conform to, not and expect us to sort of not be regular people, (laughs) but (laughs) in quotes. Um, But they expect us to have this persona. Um, that they can brag about to other people that yeah, my pastor is this, or my first lady, which I really don't like the term first lady, right? But my first lady did this, or you know, and so it, it really is—it's um, a lot of pressure, but it's also a calling. And so you you understand that that's going to happen, that those things will come, but it doesn't make it—it it doesn't really make it any easier. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of times they're Things that pastors go through that people don't even really think about. So for example, um it, when when parishioners pass away, I mean the pastor is grieving too. Right. Um, but but they're not gonna grieve in front of the family, right? There because they need to be strong, and they need to be to be a strong presence mm-hmm. for the family that has lost a loved one. So what do they do? They come they come home and they, they sort of collapse in the arms of their spouse and say mm-hmm. in grief, you know. To, um, so spouses tend to be that safe space um, where the, the pastor can come and just kind of relieve whatever stressors or whatever things that they might be going through mm-hmm. in ways that they can't with other people. Um, they certainly can't with parishioners. Um, but then where, where does that spouse take that, that, because that's, then it's, it's a lot for the spouse to take in as well. Right. So where do you go with that? It's like, you don't want to, you can't talk to parishioners. Um, sometimes you might not want to talk to your own family cause you're, you don't know what they think. Um, okay. and they're going through their okay. own thing. I don't know for me, um, I'm always not wanting to bother other people with my stuff. Mm-hmm. Yet, I don't really mind when other people come to me, you know, with with their issues, because I feel like that's a part of my calling. That's what I'm here for.
0: Right. Right.
2: So, you know, it's just, it, it, you know, it's, but it's a lot. And we we need to take care of ourselves as well. Right. So we right. do need to go someplace, whether it's to a therapist um, or someplace to just be able to offload some of the issues that we take in and that we hold in. Um, so that we can, so that we don't implode or worse, explode yeah. yes. <laughs> on other people.
0: Yes, yes. Well, particularly, you know, your book, I like the perspective that you really mm-hmm. write your book from because it's um, it's from the perspective of the caregiver, you know? Um, so not only are we talking about maybe the pressures and um, the expectations that are on the the clergy, but let's talk about, you know, <laughs> the caregivers. Like you say, the one that has to probably receive a, a bunch of that. Um, I have never, until you said that, I've never thought about what my pastor is feeling when um, a congregant member dies. Never, not once. Because it's his job to provide the peace and provide the the perspective of peace provide the perspective of hope for the congregation i've never not once asked him how he's doing um you know when one of his friends you know passes away because the congregate members are you know the they're, they're friends they're their family as well so mm-hmm. of Absolutely. course pastors feel the same loss, even though they have to be the one to preach the sermon and they have to be the one to do the hospital visits and they're supposed mm-hmm. to, you know, take care of the flock. So as, as from your perspective of, you know, the, the caregiver, what have been some high points and then some difficult points about um that journey and, and getting to a place where our family really lives in peace and lives in joy.
2: So um, the, the, the high points I think is that, you know, my, one of the things that my, my husband is really good at is, is, is recognizing um, when, you know, when he is going through, you know, some like a bout of of depression and, you know, so he's, he's constantly trying to better himself, which inspires me to also, to try to better myself. He's really is an inspiration in that way. He's very disciplined. um, In, in just a lot of, all, a lot of different areas. Um, And so it's it's been because we it's corny. This is going to sound really, really corny <laughs> but because we really are like best friends who happen to be married to each other.
0: Right. That mm-hmm.
2: makes it a lot easier because, you know, we can just bounce off of one another. And, you know, when when he's going through whatever he's going through, I he, you know, I give him a space and he does the same for me. Um, and so, you know, the, the fact that, you know, we we understand that we are one, we are in this journey together, and we will continue to be in this journey together. Mm-hmm. And so whatever I can do, sometimes it's not being an ear, sometimes it's just giving him space <laughs> to right. go right. and be, right. you know, be to himself, because what he always does is whenever he is is going through something, he'll take the time he needs to kind of go and, and sort of process it and deal with it internally. But then he'll always come back and say, okay, this is, this is what was, this is what triggered me. This is what was going on. Mm -hmm. And here's where I am now, you know? And so that, that makes it a lot easier than if he were the kind of person um, who just like didn't talk about it. Right. Right. So that, that really is a, is a high point for us. And that, and at this point now, I mean, he's, he has been utilizing therapy for, for, for many years now. So he has grown tremendously. And, you know, the, the bouts of depression that he has now is really um, not anything like what it was years ago, because he's Mm -hmm. worked through a lot um, of, of his, of the issues and, and then he's like my therapist now. <laughs> now I can you know I can kind of lean on him now yeah. And, yeah uh with and be and feel like I can really be open and honest with him about what how the impact on me and you know sometimes and uh, you know so it's it's worked out really well in that way, so you know with the the low points really probably were more toward the beginning of the marriage, as I said went in that space of trying to figure it all out, trying to figure out being a wife, being a mother, figuring out my career, you know, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. um and not really understanding uh what what was going on and taking it all personally. you know that was really probably the low point, but uh, over the years, you know, as, you know what I learned is that oh it's not it's not personal, he just kind of needs that time and space to to sort of do that in introspection and figure things, figure out what's, you know, what's triggering him. And then yeah. he can, you know, make make the change he needs to make or do the things that he needs to do to to move out of that space. And um, he's gotten even, even, I mean, exponentially better at that now, you know, over over the years.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I I kind I feel like this is a hero story because to have um an example of a pastor who has really keyed into um the rhythm, you know, that his body um goes in and values going to um therapy. Um I th- especially when COVID hit. I think I said as many times as I could that there is no shame in going into therapy. And most of, including myself and most of the staff at the church, we all started talking about therapy at that time and, Mm -hmm. and talking about the um, talking about the, uh, the benefits of going to therapy and making sure that you know, different people knew we value this and, and we think that all of us should be, you know, talking to someone and and all of us should be talking through things. Um
2: exactly. and and so yeah. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, I mean and and you and and be prayerful about mm. um who, who you seek therapy from. Um, and God will, God will guide you. He will lead you just like he might lead you to, to the doctor to choose. Like I know for my doctor, you know, I, I want to go to somebody, I want to go to somebody who believes God, like I do. Um, Mm -hmm. and I, you know, and so I'm going to look for that. And so the same thing with therapists, one of the great things about my husband's first therapist is that his his first therapist was not only a licensed therapist but he was a pastor himself.
0: That's wonderful.
2: So he uh, really understood all the nuances. He he understood all of the being a pastor, being an African American male, being um uh you know, just being a husband, being a father, you know, he he really could understand the, the, the entirety of, of, of what the things that my husband was going through, um, just serving in those in that capacity. So there, there are therapists who are also Christian, you know, who will, um, bring in the faith perspective into, uh, the therapy session. And I would encourage people to, to look for that. Yeah. Um, because I think that, that being able to have the, Educational part of 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 having a a therapist who knows um, how how to give you the strategies for getting through um, depression or whatever your mental health issue might be. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: It's it's helpful to also have some uh, somebody who practices the faith that can come from that perspective as well.
0: Right, right, right. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's that. And you know, I, I wanted to ask you this as you're talking, your husband. You said in the book that your husband even encourage you to write this book, to write The Scream Within?
2: If he had not done that, The Scream Within would not exist
0: today. Mm -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. So um, I I had thought about writing this. I was just telling this to somebody the other day. I thought about writing this book back when I was in seminary. So somewhere around 2016-ish. Mm -hmm. Um and I will never forget this. I was I was in a class and um the instructor of, of that particular class allowed each student to do their own sort of meditation at the beginning of class, whatever they wanted to do. Well, this particular time, one of the students decided that she wanted to kind of go around and pray with everybody individually. When she got to me, she held my hand and she said, Benita, the Holy Spirit is telling me to say to you. Write the book, Benita, write the book. Hmm. I had not told anybody, like nobody, literally nobody except for me and God knew that I was even thinking about writing about my experiences.
0: Hmm.
2: And so, and then it took another two to three years for me to even get up the courage to ask him, to tell him, my husband, that I'm thinking about writing this book. But when I did, that was, what he said was, he's like, you have to write that book. He said, mm-hmm. I, I might not be able to read it, <laughs> but you have to write it. <laughs> um, and so that, and then he has really been so, so supportive mm-hmm. of this. And in fact, um, he and I have, a our, there's a discussion on my Facebook page. I do Mind the Mental Mondays. And okay a couple of Mondays ago we did mind the mental Monday marriage edition. And he came on. Cause I was like, a lot of people are probably wondering what does my husband think about me writing this book mm-hmm. or putting this book out. And so I wanted people to be able to hear him. Um, and uh, it'll, it'll actually run on my podcast as well, but that discussion, uh, you'll get to hear him in, in his perspective of, of, of all of it, but he has been very encouraging. He's encouraging of everything I do, to be honest, mm-hmm. but, mm-hmm. um, you know, the fact that he, he's so encouraging in this journey and he himself, he talks about mental health. He talks about the need for pastors to see therapists. He has written, um, he was interviewed in, um, in Duke, Duke university magazine Mm -hmm. a while ago, um, about that very, about that very thing. And so, you know, he is, and he is the moderator of the Pennsylvania Eastern Keystone Baptist association. So they have done a lot of um, sessions about mental health. So Mm -hmm. the the church is starting to come around, you know, they're they're starting to get there um, where mental health is concerned. And I'm so,
0: I'm really happy about that. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So Benita, can you tell us, is there anything else? Because you just said you do Mental Mondays on Facebook. I did not know that. So (laughs) is there any... (laughs) Is there anything else? So you have your Facebook, you do um, Mental Mondays on Facebook, you have your podcast. Um, this is your your second book. Right. Um yep. and so what else do you have? What else? What else are you? What else, what else? What else? What else? What else? I do have an
2: event, a virtual event coming up on July 24th. Um, so just be on the lookout. Um, follow me. Um, and on social media and uh, come to my website and i'll have all the information there um about how to access the event um but yeah i mean i'm i'm actually still working full time as a as a senior research project manager so i've got i've got quite the full plate um, okay but but I also do editing so if people are interested if people i've done a ton of dissertations.
0: Um, Um, but also people that that
2: are self-publishing books, uh, you know, I've I've edited for them
0: as well. So, yeah, that is, that is wonderful. So we joked before we started that I should clone myself four times. Sounds like you should clone yourself four times too. (laughs) I'm trying to figure it out. I know we have to figure this out. So Reverend Benita Weathers, thank you so much for joining us. Everyone, we will see you back here next week.